Welcome back to the Company of One. This is episode 140. Today we're talking about should I start two businesses at once? This is such a common question that, uh, you know, if you're not a business owner, you're not an entrepreneur, maybe that's not in your blood, you wouldn't necessarily get this. But from an entrepreneur perspective, the idea of starting multiple businesses at once, it's not kind of by design, it just happens. And so I get this question all the time, or I get this statement all the time about people starting multiple businesses at one time, and sometimes it is just a direct question. When people feel the sense that uh, maybe they've gotten advice in different directions, that maybe this is a bad idea, they start thinking about, well, should I? And they start asking for advice. So we want to dive down in that subject today. So if you're an entrepreneur and you've ever started doing one thing and found yourself attracted by shiny objects in the other area or thought you could do both, and am I prejudging myself? But you know, you, we think about what's going to be the right thing for us. So before, let's just jump right in and talk about what the common areas of advice are. The answers are yes, no, and maybe, or I mean, which doesn't really help us much, but let's let's talk about them. No, the number one answer for starting up multiple businesses at once is no. You need to focus and, and make the first business work. The second answer is maybe if you get it clear on your goals and decide what business is the main business. And answer C is yes, but not at the same time. So it's kind of all over the map, the advice you get. So what I did is I looked at what some popular uh, entrepreneurial uh, advisors are and looked at their advice and see what did they really say. But let me put you in this scenario. If you're already in this scenario, you can relate. I always like to use a lawn care company. It's a simple company, a simple concept. And when we talk about business, Let's peel back all the complexities of the technologies we're using and the things that we may be doing and just look at the business model itself. So you're going to start a lawn care company. How does it really look when you start this business? And so if you're an entrepreneur that you've started a business, you get this. If not, you're going to be, uh, you're probably gonna be a little surprised about how this goes. So I start doing this. What do I do? I decide to become a lawn care company. I start mowing lawns, right? The easiest way to do that is friends, family, maybe neighbors that want me to mow the lawns. I just get out my mower. I start mowing lawns. I say, that'll be 50 bucks. That'll be 25 bucks. I start mowing lawns, collecting cash. Easy, right? And by the way, this is how most businesses are to go into. They're incredibly easy to get into uh, if you take these kind of obvious paths. But what happens then, I begin taking payments and working with customer issues. And these start to creep into my time, right? I'm mowing lawns, I'm busy. Now I've got this pile of cash or checks or whatever that's got to be paid, it's gotta be taken to the bank at the end of the day. That's great, that's a great problem to have. But customer X calls me back at the end of the week. Hey, something happened over here and can you come take a look at it? Maybe you cut my wife's shrub. Uh, maybe uh, I want you to do something different next time. I'm getting a little picky, right? So that's fine. We want to please our customers. So you take your time and you go over there and see what they have to say. There's nothing wrong with that. 
but again, it takes some of your time. Then you start realizing, okay, I've cut all the customer's grass that I have for two weeks maybe. I need to start finding new customers. How do I find new customers? I start marketing, right? How do I find new customers? I start doing some, let's take the simple approach. I'm going to put flyers on people's front door. And so I print out some flyers, I, I design the flyers. Well, that takes me time. And then I'm gonna put them on the front door. That takes me time. Even if I do it in the neighborhoods I'm const, const, already working in. Then I'm getting calls. As, I'm, as I am mowing someone's grass, I'm out there with the loud mowers going and people are calling me from my marketing efforts, right? This is perfect. Uh, so I stop working in the middle to take the phone calls, to write down on my little notepad or my iPhone, whatever methodology I'm using to keep up with the work. Think about the plumber. If you've ever had a plumber that uh, who's working on, his, his head is up under your sink and he gets a phone call and you hear this echoey conversation because it's inside your cabinet and he's taking a customer call and saying, I'll be over there in 15 minutes or I can come and do that tomorrow, right? He's doing the marketing, he's doing uh, the, the booking, he's doing everything because he's a self-owned, self-operated business. And that's what you are when you start. Equipment issues start to creep in, right? Okay, well, my mower broke down. Well, now I need to take it in and get it repaired. Now I got maintenance. I realize if I'm going to be using my mower to cut grass of a lot of people, it's just not the occasional once every two weeks mowing that I did as, a, as an individual. This is now a business entity. And this is going to take a lot more maintenance than I would have done on my mower. You start to realize that. Business issues hit at the end of the month. I realize I need to start doing the books. I may have to pay some bills. Maybe I run a, a, a tab, if you will, with a place I buy gas from or something. And so I'm doing the books at the end of the year, of course. If it's closer to the end of the year, I'm doing accounting for the taxation. What happens, though, is all of this is coming at you all at once. If you're successful in your efforts, you're successful in your marketing, you're getting more and more busier, your mowers need more and more maintenance, you're having more and more conversations with customers, so you're swapping that hat, maintenance technician to operations person that's going out and mowing the grass, to financial person to pay the bills, to take the money to the bank, to customer service rep, to marketing rep. <clears throat> you're constantly changing your hat. You realize you need more structure. You need, you need a way to keep records. You need a way to track your customers. It sure would be nice if I remembered, instead of just the back of my head or written down notebook, when the last time I provided service for customer X. When, do, when are they due to have their grass done again? What's that special note that they said, don't mow around that part of the, the lawn uh, that I need to have it? Don't open the gate to let the dog out. You might let the dog out. I need to track all that. I need a better method to do that. And now I'm also probably dealing with customers who aren't paying on time, probably just because they forgot or I didn't get the bill to them or they lost it. Right? So I've got a whole bunch of things going on. I'm a small business. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, I thought I was getting into the lawn care business. And it begins to feel like actually doing lawn care is less and less of the business. 
and all the other stuff is more and more of the business. So you need help and you go hire somebody, right? And maybe I hire a friend to come help me maybe just a couple of times a week. Now I need insurance. I needed insurance before, but now I need, I see the need for some insurance. I also need a management structure because even though we may be friends, there's a training issue. You come and you mow grass for me and I realize you didn't quite do it the way I did it and the way I told my customers I would do it. Now I'm training you. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's bigger than that. Oh, God, no. Now we need double the equipment. If we're really going to split up in two different teams and go do the work, we need double the equipment. Maybe. There's all kinds of new things to think about, right? In short, if we think about this, this is true of every business. I use the lawn care. It could be a storefront, it could be a restaurant, it could be an online business. Every business has this happen. As you get started in, I'm going to do X for Y, I'm going to mow grass for customers in my neighborhood so they don't have to and they're going to pay me, you realize there's a whole lot more to business. Every business needs operations, that's the mowing of the grass, marketing to tell people I can mow their grass, or Finance, taking care of paying the bills, the money, and research. We haven't talked about research. I'm not even going to bother it with it right now, but it comes up. So a lot of roles, a lot of hats to, to wear, and a lot of details to manage. That's one business. Okay? But, but I, let's say I've opened this business and it's working. All right, so I've been doing this for six months. I'm making money lawn care, maybe during the winter. I'm doing leaves, raking leaves, things like that. What do I do now? So I start a side business, right? Because that's just what I do. I'm an entrepreneur. I think about new businesses. And a friend of mine was telling me, hey, Dale, you're really into workouts and equipment and you really know this stuff. And you have friends that buy this. They want to buy the workout equipment and you know how to get it and buy it, right? So you think, I'm going to just sit here, create me a website, and open me an online sales for workout equipment. Maybe I've got it where people can drop ship it or something. I don't know. That's the details, right? But what happens, I'm now in a second business. Now, at nighttime, I'm trying to draw traffic to my store, create my online store. And once I get it all up and running, I'm managing during the daytime my lawn care during the nighttime my store or maybe even during rainy days whatever I'm, I'm managing both so I'm flipping hats even more and now I'm worried about store management I've got an online store I've got to take care of the website do updates I've, uh, I've got inventory even if I don't ship it myself I still have to worry about where it comes from I have shipping I have other sets of customers. Now I've got customers that are buying sporting goods equipment from me or workout equipment, exercise equipment. It's a completely different set of issues and expanding issues of management and structure. Now the reason I'm telling you these two stories is because this is actually fairly typical. You start one business, you grow, you start another business that may or may not be directly related, and you end up juggling a whole bunch of things. 
That's not what you started to do. You didn't start in the lawn care business to do marketing. You didn't start in the lawn care business to talk to angry, upset, or even thrilled customers. You didn't start in the lawn care business to manage equipment. And you didn't start in the selling online workout equipment to manage websites. But suddenly you're worried about all of that. Even if you outsource some of these things, they all belong to you. Let that soak in for a minute. As I drink my coffee, think about that. What's going on here? Now, I, I, I'm telling you the two stories, obviously, because I want to analyze the answers. Should I start two businesses at the same time? So all that is an example. I just gave you an example of starting two businesses at approximately the same time. Six months apart, even, is the same time. Why do people say no? Why, If you look at uh, common advice, so I, I'm going to link an article here to startups.com where there's some discussion. People are asking this question, should I start two businesses at one time? And there's some discussion about it. Gener- generally taking, generally, the take is no. Starting two things is a lot like taking two jobs where you need to learn a lot and excel. But if I took two jobs at once, forget the hours, let's say... Uh, in the morning, I'm doing job A. In the afternoon, I'm doing job B. It takes a lot of focus and intensity to learn two different things to excel. And startups take intense focus and energy, uh, more than four hours, typically. The two companies often start to defer, diverge in the kind of things you have to do and think about. The example I just gave, lawn care company dealing with live customers versus uh, uh, an online business dealing with virtual customers that you're shipping to, that you're talking to over phone and email. Uh, you see a divergence, and and you even in, you oftentimes feel like these things might be related because I can sell lawn care to the same pe- same people maybe I'm selling healthcare equipment to. But they begin to diverge, and they pull me in different directions, and I feel like that 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 old you know, ancient torture equipment where they strap you down and they pull you to pieces, right? Because I'm going in so many different directions, and there's so much to think about, so much to do. It becomes unmanageable very quickly, and it usually leads to either two failures or two very mediocre results. So you can think about the signs you see sometimes that we make fun of. Dentist, you know, in some small town, you see a big sign that says dentistry and taxidermy, right? The guy's practicing dentistry and he's also a taxidermist or, you know, accounting and gunsmithing. Or, you know, and some of them get bizarre, right? But you, you're sitting here thinking, how can you be successful at both? And I'm not saying they can't, but typically the answer is no, don't do this. That's that's what other people say. But why the maybe answer? Marie Forleo, uh, more, uh, Marie Forleo, I should say, said, I'm losing my voice due to uh, the weather, I think. But when she talks about, she kind of gives a maybe answer. And I'll put a link to her video where she talks about how to analyze this. But she talks about focusing on the long-term results. To stop first, if you're thinking about doing two, 
stop and think about the long-term results. To me, the question here is, is there a fit for the two businesses? For instance, can I find synergy? This is a little bit of her thinking, but um, she calls you a multi-passionate entrepreneur, which is pretty much defines entrepreneurs anyway. Uh, so it's a, it's a great term. We do tend to, we have lots of passions, lots of interest, and we have a hard time letting go of anything. If that's you, <laughs> or she's, she's talking to you. Uh, so think about how can you find synergy, which could work, a lawn care company that maybe does training for other lawn care companies. When you, you've grown your lawn care company and you realize you had to train your individuals and you realize that's a pain point, you're practicing lawn care and you're serving other lawn care companies or a lawn care company that sells lawn care supplies to the customers. You see that um, in a lot of companies. Or maybe have similar customers and similar equipment equipment needs. Both have similar customers and similar equipment needs. I'm sorry. I'm just summing that up. Both of those examples I just gave you have similar customer sets, similar equipment needs, similar skill sets. So they're not totally divergent, even though there's different things to think about. You're always in the lawn care industry. Your mind is always talking about lawn care. So it helps you to do that. So in that case, a maybe might make sense. So let's talk about the why, the yes. So I've given you why people say no, why people say maybe, and I'm using Marie Forleo's example. Why yes? When would you say yes, you should start two businesses at the same time? Now, when I looked at this question and tried to do some searches, I didn't really find anyone saying yes, you should start two at the same time. What I did find was a lot of articles where we're talking about serial entrepreneurs, somebody who starts a company, sells it, starts another company. It's a serial chain of events. They're constantly starting new companies. And this is fairly typical. Um, And and when you find this, and who was it that said this in his article? Because he was some, uh, Neil Patel. Okay, Neil Patel, a marketing expert. So I'll put a link in the show notes. The show notes, by the way, are delcallahan.com slash 140. delcallahan.com slash 140. So Neil Patel in this episode was talking about uh, serial entrepreneurs. So he wasn't really talking about it at the same time, uh, but he's got an article in Entrepreneur Magazine I thought was interesting because it applies to what we call serial entrepreneurs. He makes the case that you're either a serial entrepreneur or you're, you are a business owner, as he calls it. And that's the person, I start a mechanic shop, I keep the mechanic shop for 20 years, I hand it down to my kids, right? It's the, I'm a mechanic shop owner, as opposed to somebody like a, extreme example, but a Richard Branson, who's just an entrepreneur. I start many different kinds of companies. But we see more of the Richard Branson, actually. We see more of the people who start companies grow them, start something else, grow them. You know, I know a friend of mine owns, you know, some of these uh, gas stations, most multiple gas stations, owns a liquor store or two. Uh, So he has, even though there's some similarities in those businesses, he's got multiple different kinds of businesses he starts. You see a lot of people who are maybe they're lawyers as a business, they own a law practice, they own a real estate practice. And so they got these, they got these irons in the fire, right? They always got a deal going. 
Uh, so that's what he's talking to. Uh, he's probably talking more of the venture capital-based ones. But these are people who usually get something started. Once you get it going strong enough, you get some management structure, automation, whatever, and you start another. Serial, serial entrepreneurs are almost a given. Once you start, it's kind of in your blood. So that's what he's talking about, uh, Neil Patel, when he's talking about that in the article on entrepreneur.com. And again, I'm putting a link to these three, the Startups article, the Murray Forleo article, and the Neil Patel article and in the show notes at dalecallahan.com slash 140 great reads. So let me kind of back this out now and say, now, when people ask me that question, what is my view on this? What am I telling them when they start coming to me and saying, hey, should I do this? Which usually they don't ask. Usually they are telling me I am doing this and they're asking for advice that gets us into this conversation. So first of all, I'm basing everything what you've heard before, get really clear on your goals. Who do you want to serve? And these are the questions I usually like to ask people that are entrepreneurs. Heck, I ask people this that are job hunters. Who do you want to serve? Who is it that you want to help by doing your job? If you love helping children, you know, maybe education, maybe, um, you know, some kind of playground activity, maybe some kind of youth camp activity. If you love teaching people, again, education may be a great example. If you love helping people do things around your house, you know, maybe they're, uh, they, they fit a certain category. Maybe you know, it's, it's house maintenance or whatever. In other words, step back a minute and think about who do you really want to serve and how do you want to serve them? How do you want to help them? Because they're going to be your customers. You really want to like them. And, I, and, and let's be real. Some of us just are not really good helping kids all the day. It would make us nuts. Some of us aren't really good helping elderly. Some of us can't stand, you know, wealthy people. Some can't stand poor people. I don't know. Pick a category, right? We just we all have our biases of who we really relate to. You know, if I had to serve people all day that were just mega into sports and that's all they could talk about, it would drive me batty. I get that's probably you, right? That's okay, but that's not. If I'm trying to help you in the sports arena, that's just not a fit for me. Uh, so that's the kind of thing that you're looking for. Who do you want to serve? How do you want to help them? And when you ask those questions, what does the success look like? Where do you want to get to? Think about revenue, profit. I and, and maybe not all of these. I'm not. You know, everybody likes to be numbers driven. I don't think numbers driven is the magic end all. But what are you looking for? Is there a certain revenue your number you're looking for? A certain number of customers you're looking for? Maybe more importantly, is I want to quit my day job. I'm, I'm going. I want to work a side business, a side hustle into a day job until I can quit my day job, what number is that? You know, that's probably a profit. What take-home profit do I need to do? Now, we, you can do the analysis and think through that. On a lot of people, that's their model. So you want to get very clear on the goals. Once you do that, is think about which business will get you there the fastest without debt. A lot of times I see people that want to start two businesses. One is relatively easy to get started, 
and costs very little money, and the other is a mammoth. You know, they want to open this high-end grocery, I mean, this high-end restaurant that's going to have all the fancy luxuries that you know is just going to cost a lot of money up front. For, for, let's say you can rent out the entire facility. You can find the place that's already set up. But just still, the, the startup cost of advertising and having the staff is, is high. And you're, you're looking at a $100,000 just to get in the door. Maybe more. Where the other business might could be something you could start on the side, you know, cooking cookies in your kitchen, for example, uh, you know, get the healthcare laws and everything taken care of, but the cost of running it is relatively inexpensive until you grow it. So those are the kind of things is, what's the fastest? If your goal is I want to quit my day jobs absolutely as fast as possible with as little risk financially to me as possible, the big restaurant chain, although it's the big woo probably is not the way to go. It's what will grow me profit faster. Generally speaking, if you know anything about restaurant businesses, the profit margins are not typically high. So you want to think about that. Also, you want to think about without debt. Um, that's just I'm adding that one in there for good measure. You want to pick a business that moves you toward that goal. And if you have a second business, you want to use it as a spinoff of the first. And I'm cool with that. I, to me, I'm always thinking about if you if we can get this established, if we can get this running, which is always really good on paper, doesn't ever work quite that way in reality, but that's okay. But if you think through it, if I can get this happening, if I can say, if I can get my lawn care business, I'm out mowing lawns and managing the business well, I'm bringing in profit. I'm, in other words, I'm, you know, I'm making a couple of thousand bucks a month profit after I paid all the bills, bought the gas, all that kind of stuff, maintain the mowers. It, it, then once I get into that, I can get into the lawn care sales. I can now engage those customers I already have and start selling them products and services. All right. Uh, another question, and one I see happen very often, is I, I want to do software development, but I want to build a product to put on the market. Um, so putting a product on the market, even a software product, uh, it takes time to develop it. If I haven't developed it already, it takes time to market it. It takes maybe some marketing cash, things like that. Uh, and it can be a long game. but. I can go to work for you and your company and say, you can hire my company XYZ software and I can do some coding for you. I can develop stuff for you. You can pay me and I can use it to pay the bills. So some friends of mine, you know, they, they did this and they, they did some consulting, started a consulting company. And later on, they spun off a company they took public uh, doing uh, that was product based that came out of some working with some of their clients and customers. So you see that a lot. Related, you also see people doing consulting and or contracting. So they may, uh, I may be very successful at going in doing something like, um, let's say I'm going into your home and I'm redesigning closets, right? I'm the closet redesigner and I, and I pick up clients over and over and over. And so I'm more of a consultant, right? Uh, or a contractor and you hire me to do closets, I get well known for doing that or I get enough traction, I realize I can teach other people because I can't do closets all over the country. I realize I can reach the market by building a training course where I can teach other people 
how you create a closet organizing business. And you see that all the time. Real estate business is probably the classic. People who've made a little money in real estate uh, suddenly start teaching people how to make money in real estate. Um, Some of them actually know what they're doing. So this is what we want to do is we just want to think about through this. So the answer is, should I start two businesses at once? Generally speaking, my answer is no, no. Get real clear on what you're after. Go after that with thoughts of, is there a second business here? And if there is a second business, do I, do I spin it off in a certain way? Or is it I get business A running to some point, and i got to think through what that is, until I can hand it off to my brother or Sally or somebody, another management team that will manage it, that I can still be part of, but I trust them to manage it, and then I can go create the second business. For most people in the startup world, and if this is you, listen very carefully, most people in the startup world have never run a business, period. So all this scenario I just took you through about what it looks like to really run a company, you've never really probably thought through the complexities of that and how much time that's going to take. So don't leap. Start small. Start easy. Nobody's if you if if you take that advice, it's not Dell telling you not to do it, but if you take that advice, you can do it later. You can say, well, Dell's an idiot later, and I'm going to do it on my own anyway. Or you can say, now I've built up to such a comfort level here, I I can do it. In other words, a little bit of time to try something and dive into it isn't going to cost you anything. It's not going to make the business, the other opportunity go away. It's going to be there. I realize we get caught up in hype cycles. Don't worry about that. Uh, Businesses, there's always another great business venture, just like there's always another great real estate deal out there to be had. Don't make business decisions in a panic mode or in a hurry. Take them slow, test ideas, see if they work. This is what successful businesses do. So hope this gives you some things to chew on. Hey, if you're going to do this, even if you're going to start two businesses at once, I would love to hear what they are, how they're doing, and how this episode maybe helped you think about it or how you just think we're idiots. Hey, that's okay too. Uh, we're great for, we're, I'm great for debate. And hey, I'm great for learning something too. So until next week, have a great time. And run well, your company of one.